0: God's word today comes from Luke chapter 10. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said to him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this, and you shall live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell into the hands of robbers, stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him. When I come back, I will repay you whatever you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, dear Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. So I told the one story that makes me think of uh, compassion and gentleness and patience. Um, and the Good Samaritan makes me think of that as well. And when I was, the one other story that comes to mind is this one. When it comes to times that someone has shown me a lot of compassion, Um, it was in college during my sophomore year. I had just gone through a breakup. I still hadn't picked my college major. It was starting to get a little late to, like, you know, pick that college major, and all my friends were doing this extracurricular thing that, like, I really didn't care about and didn't want to be a part of. So I wasn't seeing very many of them. So I was having a really fun existential crisis in college, trying to figure out what I was going to do, and just not sleeping very much, staying up way too late, doing nothing, just watching TV, getting my homework done, but barely. Um, But turns out, even when you're having an existential crisis, finals still happen. Um, But I chose, accidentally, to sleep through my alarm on one of those finals. Uh, It was for a piano class. For my beginners one piano class because i went to a liberal arts school and everyone has to take a, a fine arts credit so that's what i had chosen to take and i slept through my piano final where i was supposed to go and meet with the prop and play my little song and i slept through it um i panicked for about 20 25 minutes uh, and then eventually pulled myself together to, to write her an email to be like can we meet? I need to convince you that I deserve to retake this exam. Um, so I spent a lot of time planning. It was in like a couple of hours our meeting was and she had to give everyone else their exam. Um, and I planned out exactly what I was gonna tell her to convince her that I deserved to take this exam even though I missed it. Um, but when I showed up, the prof was just there ready to give me the exam. It wasn't any convincing. It wasn't me begging and pleading with her about how I didn't miss any classes throughout the entire semester and so I deserved it or my midterm was really good. She wasn't ready for all that. I thought I'd communicated that I was gonna beg and she just decided out of the goodness of her heart to give me that second chance. Um, That prof had plenty of students, had plenty of exams to grade, and she still took time out of her life to help me out, to give me a second chance, to let me have, a, have something that I didn't really deserve, that I had no real good reason for missing. And maybe that's a good example of the Good Samaritan. I mean, she didn't really know me that well. Um, but I think maybe that's the, the Sunday school version of the Good Samaritan. We're told to be that, that prof. To take the time to help someone out, even if it's a little inconvenient for you. Take the time to be generous. Take the time to care for someone. And I think if we leave it just there, we're missing out on maybe what Jesus is trying to do. Maybe what Jesus might be pointing to and selling ourselves and the Samaritan a little bit short. So when I was an intern in a mental health hospital doing CPE, one of my friends brought this story as a devotional. Um, We read through it once, and then we uh, got handed a piece of paper that was the story, but with blanks, where all of the people's names were. Well, not people's names, but, you know, where the Levite was, there was a blank, where the robbers were, there was a blank. Um, And what he had us do was, in each spot, where there was a blank, we put in who we would put in now, if Jesus was telling that story now. So if Jesus was sitting among us being like, oh, but i got to tell this parable again, who would he pick to put into those blanks to make that story relevant for us today? Uh, so I think we're going to do that right now. And I'm kind of excited about it. We don't need to share our answers, but before you start deciding who goes where, let's, let's walk through it together. So Jesus starts with just a man, nothing else. Compared to everyone else, there's really nothing. You know, everyone else has a job or um, you know, uh, an ethnicity or a religion, you know, innkeeper, robber, Levite, but this, this person doesn't have anything about it, blank slate. I think maybe this is the person that Jesus wants you to substitute yourself for, substitute your neighbor for, sub- substitute someone who's your in-group for that person, you want to relate to this person. And he's walking a really dangerous route, one that is like known to be dangerous, one that people know could potentially lead to something like a robbery. Um, I'm pretty sure I was, I was taking this class out in uh, West Michigan and I'm pretty sure like half the people picked Detroit because that was their like dangerous road, which I think is kind of funny. Uh, but you know, pick your poison. Maybe he's got, got attacked by some carjackers or something left for dead. Then the next person that comes up is someone who you absolutely think would help. It's even like their job to help. It's like a rule in their job description that they have to help. Um, when I was thinking about this, it was it's someone you trust, someone who's in your circle. you know, I think I put down like social worker. you know like, it's basically their job to help people that they see, right? It's someone that you trust to make the right decision. Not someone who you think is a hypocrite. Not someone who you think would slide on by because they don't want to deal with it. Someone you really trust. Does anyone want to shout out who they might put in that blank? If not, that's okay. But mine was a social worker for this one. Who was that? Police officer. Yeah. Presbyterian minister. Ooh, Presbyterian minister. I like that. All right, and then the next person is is another person that is really high up there, someone who you really trust. The Presbyterian minister was actually mine for this one. I think I put like I think I might have just said pastor, but someone else along those lines. It's like another person that you're like absolutely, this person's it. They're gonna help out. No worries, we don't have to worry about this guy anymore. It's all set. Maybe an EMT. I don't know. Absolutely he would. I trust him with my life. Mr. Rogers. I don't think Mr. Rogers would cross by on the other side. And then... Like, both of these people are on our team. Like, people that we're excited about. But... Then we have someone else who... Is completely different and usually in this like storytelling method it goes you know that the third person is going to be the one that switches it up so you assume it's going to be another person along the same line someone who you trust someone who we think will do the right thing but instead it's someone that's completely the opposite the person that comes next is the samaritan man um, something I noticed during this reading is it's just Samaritan. There's no good Samaritan. Jesus doesn't label that person. We, we add the little title in the Bible that says the story of the good Samaritan, or the parable of the good Samaritan at the top. But this is not an exceptional person, someone who's different than the rest of the Samaritans. This is the good one. This is just a Samaritan. Coming across this wounded man, this person takes and uses his own resources freely takes the risk that this is a trap, that maybe this is just like uh, a someone who got beat up and left there so that the next person that comes along, the robbers can come and beat up them too. He uses his own animal, his own wine, his own oil, his own bandages to take care of the wounds. He takes him to an innkeeper and gives him like two months of, no, two yeah, I think it was like two months of pay, something like that. Two days pay. Not two months, that's a lot. But two days pay, but with the explanation that anything extra that's used, he will pay when he comes back. And that's an unknown amount of money that he's allowing to be given up. And some of you might know that Jewish people and Samaritan people do not get along. This is an audience of all Jewish people. Um, But the Samaritans are this group that the Jewish people see as less than, as someone who's twisted their religion, as someone who's taken away from the goodness of God and ruined what was supposed to be. They married into uh, another nationality. they they hold to the Jewish God, but they have like a different holy mountain. The Jewish people see these people as dirt, as people who have walked away from the covenant, people who are less than, but claim to be like us. How dare they? There's this religious and ethnic divide, this moral divide. The person that you put in this blank is is not someone you just maybe have personal angst against, but it's someone who is a part of a group that you think is not as good as you. And I'm not gonna make people say these ones out loud because it's a little bit telling and I think it may be a little bit more anxiety inducing. Um, but this is a group that you really don't think they would stop to help. Not a hypocrisy, but just truly you don't think this person could give any cares about the person that's hurt on the road. This person you have a distaste for and someone that you don't really feel like getting over that distaste for. Mm-hmm. And this is the person that chooses to risk themselves for this unknown person on the road. Someone who you really think is morally bankrupt. Someone who you really think would never do something like that. Someone who is hurt. But this is the person that sees the humanity, sees the need, and does something about it. We read earlier that the Samaritan took pity, but other translations say moved with compassion. Some <laughs> the compassion was said to come from the stomach, from the bowels. You know that feeling maybe when you. Whoa, that's where all strong emotions used to come from in olden times. And moved, moved to compassion. His bowels moved with compassion. And I believe that's what Jesus is deeply desiring for us with this story. It's not to vilify the people who were hypocrites and didn't help when maybe they should have. It's not to blame them. It's not to feel really guilty about being surprised that This other person helped, but it's to find deep compassion to share humanity with these other groups. Um, There's a quote from Mother Teresa that someone said to me recently uh, If we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to one another. If we have no peace, It is because we have forgotten that we belong to one another. Jesus in this story is reminding us that we belong to one another, even if we don't think that we do. The Jewish people listening belong to the Samaritan and the Samaritan belongs with them. We belong to that group that we picked for the Samaritan and that person belongs to us. We must continue to be moved by deep compassion for other people, just as Jesus is moved with deep compassion for us. Not just for the wounded man on the road, because I think it's a little bit easy to maybe feel compassion for someone who is actively hurt, but for the people who didn't stop for the person that we hate and look down upon, and for ourselves. Compassion is not just a feeling that's divorced from action, but it really spurs it on. Compassion is not just a feeling that we hold, it causes us to take action at personal risk to ourselves. It causes us to put time and money where our compassion lies. It causes us to care for those who need it and for us to see those that we see, see those that we don't necessarily care for. It causes us to see others as shared humanity, worthy of the belief that they might be the hero of the story. They might be the one doing the good thing. Passion means allowing God to work in deep and good ways through each and every one of us. Jesus doesn't just tell the story of the Samaritan to tell us to be a Samaritan. That might be one way to understand the story, and it's a good one. It's, you know, if that's the one that I think of when I try to think of stories for my life. It's the story of the prophet. It's the story of my mom. But I think we're missing out on so much if we leave it there. Jesus tells the story of the Samaritan to remind us who our neighbor is, and who we might have decided isn't our neighbor. The Jewish people have decided that Samaritans were not their neighbor. And that might have been a deeper point in the story. It's to turn our assumptions upside down, to keep us from easy answers, and to move us to greater compassion for others. It is to help us remember one another and to find peace. Pray with me. God of peace and love and compassion, move in us, send your spirit among us so that we might find you and that we might find each other. God, I pray that We learn to see one another more clearly and to see our own blind spots. God, I ask that you continue to stir up our church, to stir up each other, so that we can more clearly see how you are moving and to see where we might not. In your name we pray. Amen.